Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Well, welcome back, fellow explorers of the inner realms. Good to have you here. And I am Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my co-host. Brian Tom O'Connor. And today we are going to explore a topic called being yourself. And there's a lot to a topic like this, which uh, Brian and I kind of stumbled into this topic. We were actually exploring another topic and we kept on going into, well, what's it mean to be yourself? And and we look forward to exploring and really diving into what that means, how to do it, what are the obstacles, and what are the benefits. But when I first talk about the idea of being yourself, dear Brian, what does that mean to you? Well, that's really the question of the day, isn't it? What is yourself? What is the self? I mean, on the one hand, are we talking about the universal self of universal awareness that's talked about in a lot of ancient Eastern traditions? Or are we talking about the personality, the, the mind, the body, the individual? And I have a feeling that because there's two ways of looking at it, that this is going to be one of those two wing episodes where we each take um, maybe different sides of the wings. And then basically I come around to agreeing that, yeah, there need to be both. Ah, yes. We can save ourselves some time by just admitting you're, you're <laughs> wrong and I'm right in this case. Yeah, we can that's right. That. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, obviously, part of being yourself, which the podcast is largely about, is being your bigger self as awareness or whatever you want to call that. And we've talked a lot about that. But you know, the other part of life, the other wing, which we spend most of our time in is being your personality, being your neurosis, being your kind self, being who you think you are, or pretending to be who you are. And a lot of times when people go into, you know, non-dual stuff or spirituality, they kind of put a governor or a inhibitory factor on this other part of themselves, which can be a spiritual bypass or make them less human or make them about as interesting to interact with as cardboard. And I think that that is a mistake. So here's my definition of being yourself. Saying and doing what you're thinking and feeling as if you had no fear whatsoever. What do you think of that? Oh, I think it's great. It's absolutely right. I, I, I've often uh, posed the question slightly differently. What would you do if you never had to worry about judgment from others? Yeah. And that would be a different planet, a different person than we normally are. And I want to dive more into that. But before we do that, I think it's important to say why it's important to focus on a topic like this. And one of the things I think is that normally we're very constricted. And constriction, to me, in terms of, you know, saying and doing what you want, being yourself, 
is really the opposite of love and allowing. So I think it's important to let our personality do what it does for several reasons. One is it makes us less inhibited. And that sense of freedom, I think, vibrationally is closer to the freedom of being awareness. You know, if you're always holding yourself back and you're constricted and you're feeling uptight, that is very far from peace. So that's one reason. But while I'm on a rant, another reason is that by being yourself, you get to see the different parts of you. And some of those parts are not very pretty, but only by letting them out can you see them. You know, if you're if you're holding everything back, you might think, oh, yes, I'm so pure. But when you kind of give yourself freedom to let your neurosis out, let your thoughts out, let your opinions out, sometimes when I'm doing that, I go, ooh, that's not a very healthy part. <laughs> you know, and and that part shrinks because I saw it. It wasn't just in my head, it was in my relationship with someone. And sometimes there are parts of ourselves that really are big obstacles or really are not very nice. And only by letting them out can we potentially see them for what they are. And hopefully they grow smaller by being looked at. Yes. And also in comparison, for instance, if we do awareness-based practices like we've been talking about on this podcast for three years, um, and we see, we connect with that within us, which is allowing and loving and open and free, like a clear mirror, that feeling of allowingness is a wonderful feeling. It's a freeing mm -hmm. feeling. And when we notice ourselves acting in a constricted way or acting in a controlling way or in acting in a disapproving way, either of ourselves or others, the contrast becomes so much more vivid that it makes us automatically want to let go of that constriction, that controlling, and return to noticing or being aware of being aware, noticing the awareness that allows and accepts and loves unconditionally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a shame, but I think in a lot of spiritual circles, people pretend peace, you know, and look very nice and, oh, you look lovely and everything's great and all that. And I think that just allows more constriction to keep on happening. And on a personal level, don't we kind of respect people who are more vulnerable and more authentic than people who we think are just kind of pretending? You know, that always leaves a bad taste in my mouth when I meet someone dressed in spiritual garb, saying all the spiritual stuff. And I think, you know, they, there's something really off there. I've had that same experience. I do notice that I respond to people who I sense are authentic and who I sense are allowing their vulnerability to be seen. Yeah, that's how we make connection more than the superficial, everything's great and the world's beautiful and such that can happen in people who do spiritual bypassing for a living. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you started this out by talking about, um, it's, it's really an apparent paradox. Uh, we 
we do these awareness practices to connect with universal awareness, to actually shift our identity from the little me to the big I, from the, from the small mind-based concept of self to the larger universal self. But the, the apparent paradox of it all is that if we then say, okay, this part of the personality is bad and therefore should be squashed, we're actually creating a new duality. When, right. we, when we're allowing ourselves with all our faults, flaws, and strengths, and talents to be as they are, we're erasing that duality. We're taking away the conditions on existence. And it's the conditions that we place on existence that veil the true nature, our true nature of universal, loving, open, clear awareness. Well said, well said. And when you're allowing all the parts of you to come out, actually, I think, you know, having some sense that we are awareness, ultimately, actually can give more freedom to these other things to come out, even even the parts that we might label as bad or neurotic, because, you know, that's not all of you. You know, if if all you know is your personality, then it's really enticing to want to hide some of those parts because, you know, that's who you are. But if you know you're really this divine being of awareness, then these other things that come out, they're kind of like cute little pets. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're, they're not you. They're just like, oh, look at that one. That, that probably came out from when I was three or something like that. That's and, right. and you don't have to make a plan for the disharmonious parts of you to get smaller or to fix them. Because when you see something clearly, that is harmful to you or others, you don't repeat it. You never put your hand on a hot stove knowing that it's a hot stove. It's only when you don't know it's a hot stove that you can hurt yourself. Uh, or the analogy I've used before is if you see dog poop on the road, you don't have to come up with a strategy to avoid it, meditate through it, uh, or, or even walk around it. You just naturally won't, won't go there. That's right. And personally, certain flaws in my personality, like, you know, being judgmental or harsh or critical or withdrawn or hostile, even I mean, in the past, I've been through so much of this stuff, naturally started to fade away, the more I started to identify with pure awareness, the universal self instead of the small individual self without actually trying. And without you know, having to fight it. Without fighting it. I wasn't saying, okay, I wasn't splitting off. I wasn't squashing it down. I wasn't trying to get rid of it. I was saying, okay, what's here now? And allowing what's here now, and then asking the question, what notices my current experience? And then turning around from that and looking at experience from that background of awareness, the ground of being. That's our true self. But the seeming paradox is that when we identify with that true self, our authentic personalities start to get freed. They flower, they blossom. So instead of becoming this spiritual one note, 
gray, monotonous tone, pretend peaceful self, all this, the quirks and all the individual aspects of the first of, of our personality are freed to be as they are and to interact with life. And it becomes more interesting and more joyous. Yes, that's so true. You know, sometimes people ask me, what what do you learn talking to 100 spiritual leaders that I've done over a lot of years? And I always hate the question because, you know, it's like, what can you tell me? What have you learned in your life? Or what have you learned talking to 100 different people? And yeah, I do have an answer. And the answer is that they're all rather unique. You know, they're not, it's not like uh, Mother Teresa's like the Dalai Lama, that's like Deepak Chopra, that's like Eckhart Tolle, that's like Byron Katie. You know, they all have a very different feel. They all have different personalities. And there's a sense that I would say that one thing that maybe unites them is that they generally felt very authentic and even vulnerable and unique. You know, in the I Conscious model, episode 39, I believe, they judge your evolution as a person through five different modalities. One is your mind, you know, how advanced is it, how open it is, your body, you know, your relationship with your body, your emotions, your consciousness. And then the fifth modality, which almost doesn't seem like it fits, is your level of uniqueness. And I like that because our aim in life is not to be some spiritual idea in our head, it's to be fully ourselves in our uniqueness with our unique gifts. And it might be, you know, one of the things I appreciate about you, Brian, is besides doing this podcast, you do cabaret, and you do, you know, songs and, and acting and things like that. You're a pretty unique individual. You know, I can't say, Brian, yeah, he's kind of like, you know, there's no end to that sentence. He's like Brian. Right. <laughs> and what a relief it is to be yourself. You know, Quentin Crisp said, style is being yourself only on purpose. And what a relief it is not to have to pretend to be someone else. But that also involves accepting your flaws as well as your strengths, but not hiding your strengths, not, not hiding your light letting it shine in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I teach workshops on various subjects. Uh, one of them is called life balance. And I was doing some research and found out that there's a thing called the, the five biggest regrets of dying people. And guess what number one is? Not having spent more time with your family. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah, no. Um, it's actually, uh, I was not more fully myself. Of course. That's the number one. I mean, that's, you know, number two is maybe something like, I wish I'd spent less time at work and more time doing what I love or whatever it is. But it's usually expressed as I wasn't fully myself. And, you know, we could talk about what that looks like in specific. But what I've always done is, is thought in terms of if I had no fear, in this situation, like right now, if I had no fear, um, would I be different? And often the answer is yes. You know, if I'm with a person or with my family, often the answer is yes. But it doesn't need to be. It's not an all or nothing thing. You know, if if you're pissed off at somebody, you 
being yourself might be to tell them off, but there's more vulnerable ways to tell them off or not tell them off to, to express what is going on with you. So there's levels of being yourself. There's like the superficial, you know, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. And then there's more of the what's really going on in me uh, level that we often don't get to, but people who are authentic and vulnerable in that way, we go, wow, I wish I could be more like them. They know what they feel. They experience what they feel fully. And they admit what they feel. And they don't put what they feel onto others. They don't blame others for what they're feeling because they don't have to, because they don't see it as wrong. They're not split off from it. Yeah. So besides being yourself, we want to add the distinction that there's layers of it. Like, you know, if, if you do something that pisses me off, I can blame you. That's, you could say as being yourself. And in a way it is, it is the most superficial layer of being yourself. You know, I'm angry. You did blah, blah, blah. But another layer would be to say, I felt hurt when you did something. And that's a deeper layer. So that's why it's a somewhat tricky subject, because when you tell some people be yourself, they hear it as, oh, I can be a jerk. And that's not what we're saying, although it may yeah, that may be where it starts, you know, it may be where it starts and you may be a jerk and you and you may want to change that or not change that. But this is where bringing in the awareness practices of shifting your identification from the small, the little me to the big eye, from the individual personality to the larger perspective of universal awareness. Because when you get a taste for that, when you connect with that clear, loving field, that unconditional acceptance, it actually floods, it, it, it pervades. Um, some people talk about a fragrance that that pervades your experience. It actually changes the experience of the individual. And the trick is, A, knowing yourself as universal awareness, and then B, acting in the world in a way that is in consonance with that, that is, that is true to that understanding. In other words, if we are all one, if what's looking out through my eyes is looking out through your eyes, then am I going to be more, am I going to be more open? Am I going to be more accepting? Am I going to be more compassionate with other people? Probably yes. Yeah, you bring up a good point that there's an, an interplay of the energies of the uh, personality, we'll call it, or the ego, and the big self, which we'll call uh, pure awareness, that as you experience more of the juice of love, peace of pure awareness, it changes, it influences what is real to the personality and the ego, and you start to manifest uh, some of those traits. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's interesting, as that's happened to me over years, I realized and it's, it's somewhat embarrassing, like, you know, sometimes if I'm being myself with people, I would say, I just totally love you now. 
<laughs> and that's hard to say, you know, or, or we don't haven't created a world where I feel safe enough to say that to the cashier at the market. But that's sometimes <laughs> what I'm experiencing. That's um, right. I, oh, it reminds me, I was once spent a week with a um, spiritual teacher. He actually lived in my house. And he evidently, I didn't know who he was before, but he was had like, you know, 50,000 devotees back in India. And he would, I'd go shopping with him and things like that. We just hung out for the week. And when he would go up to people like cashiers and with tears in his eyes, he'd say, oh, I just see how beautiful you are. You are just such a divine being. It, oh, it, it hurts my heart to see you feeling so so uptight when there's so much beauty in you. And tears would be rolling down his eyes. And and it was interesting to watch. He was fully being himself, you know, or if I did something he didn't like, he'd say, uh, he'd say really directly, you know, you're being an asshole now. Do you know that? <laughs> and it was it was very disarming and very powerful too you know for everybody whether he was saying how beautiful you were or how you were being a jerk uh because you knew it was real you knew it was real and one definition of being yourself is when people share being themselves they have what's called intimacy and if you look at the word intimacy it has the instructions in it into me see and I think when people really share at a deeper level of being themselves, that uh, it creates the love that we're really wanting. Yes. And it's I think of it as openness. And that would be the distinction between somebody who says to another person, you're a jerk because they are feeling closed and controlling and they and they want the other person to be different from they are from the way they are. And a person who is saying it from a sort of open hearted uh, energy, like just saying, hey, you know, the, uh, you, you're, you're, you're acting in a way that's probably hurtful to others. Do you, are you aware of it? Do you know that? And we who, who are on the receiving end of it can actually feel the difference. And if Absolutely. it's coming from a closed personality, we're going to resent it. And the person telling it is not going to feel good or benefit from it. And when it's coming from someone who's really wide open, we sense it and we can hear it more easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's a totally different energy. Um, in order to maximize the entertainment value of our podcast, Brian, yes. uh, I, I sometimes write skits on various subjects and uh, some of our patron supporters who we appreciate will sometimes get some of these skits uh, as a bonus for supporting us. But I want to do a little version of, of one of the skits that I did, which is about a guy interviewing God. And uh, the subject comes up where he asked God a question, and we're going to play that out uh, for our audience now and see if you can enjoy it. Okay. So, in other words, you've given me my lines in the chat here in Zoom, and yes. I'm going to read them. Yes, okay. you're the interviewer, and I'm God. I've always wanted to be God, so now is my chance. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hi, God. Yeah, I guess I really want to know what are we here to do? 
be you. That's all. Just be you. I thought I was already being me. No, 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 no. You're doing a terrible job at it. You know, when you smile at someone, but you're really thinking they're a jerk, then you're not being you. Or when you're afraid or hurt, but you play it cool, you're not being you. Think of babies. I made them so they had to be who they were. And everyone loves a baby, a cute little helpless baby, coochie-coo. But when you babies get older and you start to think you can hide the truth, and you screw up and distort how cute you really are down deep inside, you're a perfect you, so be who you are without all the pretending. So that's a little bit from our skit. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. You know, most people think in terms of they have two choices about being themselves. They can express who they are, which often in a superficial way is, you know, frustrated or angry, um, or they can repress who they are, which leads to constriction. But I want to put a plug in for, well, call expressing your vulnerability, feeling and expressing your vulnerability, because I think that's really what we're after, because we are vulnerable. We're just these little beings trying to get our needs met. And yet the way we are in the world is often like, you know, we're, we're fine. We're okay. Everything's great. And that's, that's a hiding. And somehow we have to get back to being more human. Yes, absolutely. Being more human. It, it's so funny because yes, we want, to realize what our true nature is, what our real selves is, what, what our real selves are. And that isn't necessarily the human side, but the human side has to be free to be as it is. It can't be split off. That's, um, as we mentioned earlier, creating an unnecessarily, an unnecessary duality in experience. Mm -hmm. And eventually we get to a part where we see that the, quote, personality ego is part of of the divine it, it's not separate it's not separate however i think though that the order in which you tackle them is important at least it was to me when i spent my whole life trying to solve for my neuroses they weren't going away you know they weren't um changing and i was not coming out of depression, and I was not getting better. And it was very, very frustrating. Uh, when I started learning about self inquiry in the non dual spirituality sense. And at the same time, when I said, Okay, I'm done with fixing myself, I'm done with thinking there's something wrong with the way I am. I'm going to try simply allowing myself to be as I am. And noticing what notices that, noticing awareness. That's when, through some strange alchemy, that the neuroses and the personality started to soften, started to ease up, the depression started to lift. I was no longer had this idea that, that there was something wrong with me, because the me that 
I started seeing was the real me wasn't that little personality. Yeah. And, and, and I wanted to, to make the distinction uh, here a little bit about the two. For example, there's a friend of mine who, who was nervous about self-inquiry and discovering his true nature because he feels that the personality is going to disappear. And he likes that personality. And you know what? It doesn't disappear. Your relationship, though, changes. Your relationship to it changes. For example, it becomes like your favorite character in, in, a, in a TV series or movie or novel. You care about this person. You like this person. You're aware of this person. You enjoy that person. You live the, the person's experiences in an entertaining way. Mm -hmm. But you, you are not really that person. So that person doesn't have to go away. You can love that person and know yourself as bigger than that person. But the other point is, how do we tell the difference? I mean, this episode is called Being Yourself. And the question is, what is the self? And we're talking about two possible selves. We're talking mm -hmm. about the individual personality, which is made up of a body, a mind, an ego, etc., and the universal self, the pure, clear, borderless awareness that knows all your experience and allows everything. How do you tell the difference? And the key way to tell the difference is notice your thoughts so that everything that you think that describes yourself that's not it. That's mm. not the real you. That's not the real self. That's the individual mind-based self. That's the personality. Anything that you experience wordlessly leads you to your true nature when you drop all your words. So who you really are is what notices your experience without thought. And when thought disappears, the real you doesn't disappear, only that temporary idea of you. Yep. So being yourself is actually a very deep subject because there's, there's, there's layers, there's two different sides of yourself. Uh, it's a lifelong endeavor to more fully be yourself. You know, um, one of the things that was a good lesson for me in being myself was uh, a few years back, I took a, a workshop on how to be a great speaker. And you had to do a speech in front of a group of people and they would tell you what your biggest obstacle was in their opinion. And they said to me that my biggest obstacle was a, a fear of looking stupid. And they said, instead of trying to avoid that, which is like how they saw me speaking, like I'm trying to come off as credible and, you know, whatever. He said, go into this thing that you're afraid of. So they, you know, give you a topic and you have to do like a 10 minute spontaneous speech. And they said, we want you to like fully go into your fear. And I did. And what came out was surprising to everyone. It was it was certainly the best speech in my entire life and it was spontaneous. And within 10 minutes, I had everybody literally crying and laughing 
within that 10 minute period. And there's a recording of that. It's so raw. It's so real. It's so intense. It's so alive every moment of it, you know, that it just shows the magic when people really let go of their constriction, whatever is constricting them, usually the fear of looking stupid, the fear of being embarrassed, the fear of being judged, all these things that there's like this light that's waiting to pour out of us, but we keep it tightened in and that can lead to depression and anxiety and all the stuff that we got going now. And it's really beautiful when you see somebody let go of something that allows more of them, more of their uniqueness or spirit, their personality, whatever you want to call it out into the world. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And I'm actually experiencing that right now from you. I, I can just sense the authenticity of what you're saying. And it's mm. very powerful. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. So any last thoughts on being yourself? Oh, we covered it. I think <laughs> I bet you there's something that we did not that I'm going to forget. <laughs> I'm going to remember later. But right now, uh, I, I feel we cover both sides of both wings of the plane uh, really yeah. well. The only thing I add is maybe a method or two that can help our listeners uh, been helpful for me. One is the question, if I had no fear, how would I be different in this situation? No fear of approval, no fear of disapproval, no fear of looking stupid, all those things. And then also uh, a good prompt that has helped me is what am I feeling now? And am I revealing that to any extent? And what am I wanting? Because most of the time I'm feeling something and most of the time I'm wanting something. Or what am I even thinking? Sometimes just letting out what you're thinking is being more yourself rather than constricting it all and keeping it just in your head. So those can be good pointers and people can play with that. But it's also good to use the power of specific meditations. And it ends up that we're going to do two meditations. One will be on our website and one will be just for our Patreon supporters because we really appreciate them. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can be one of our supporters at patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. Every now and then we send uh, our supporters extra things, extra guided meditations or extra parts of interviews we do with guests. And we really want to appreciate you and all you do for us. But um, I think right now, Brian, you're going to lead us in a guided meditation, and then I'm going to record one and send it to our supporters as well. I am. But before I do, I want to add one more simple technique to your list of techniques. Okay. And it's, it's very, very simple. And it's asking a question. When I'm talking to myself, who or what is listening? Mm -hmm. When I'm talking to myself, when that voice in my head is talking, who or what hears that voice? So it's just a simple technique that you can play around with. If it doesn't work for you, discard it or try it again next week. Right. There's always new ideas and the new you. So you don't know if the old technique that didn't work now might work on the new you. That's right. So 
with all that said, I'll go into our guided meditation for this episode. Great. First, take a nice, easy, deep breath. Close your eyes and relax. Ask yourself, when I say I, what do I mean? Don't worry about a right or wrong answer. Just whatever comes up when you ask yourself, when I say I, what do I mean? Here are some possibilities. What if your answer is my body? Ask, who is the I that has a body? What notices my body? What knows I have a body? The knowingness that knows your body is your true self. What if your answer is my personality? Ask, who is the I that has a personality? What notices my personality? What knows I have a personality? The knowingness that knows your personality is your true self. What if your answer is my mind? Ask, who is the I that has a mind? Or, what notices my mind? What knows I have a mind? The knowingness that knows your mind is your true self. What if your answer is my thoughts? Ask, who is the I that has thoughts? What notices my thoughts? What even knows I have thoughts? The knowingness that is aware of your thoughts is your true self. As a matter of fact, your true self is here when thoughts are active, and it's equally here when thoughts are quiet. All the answers that you could possibly come up with when you ask yourself, what do I mean when I say I? are simply thoughts. This idea of yourself is only made up of thoughts. Without thought, it's simply not there. Only the wordless awareness that is your true self is here. 
This is the clear field of awareness that knows all your experience. It is the same clear field of awareness that knows the sounds you hear. It's the same clear field of awareness that notices the sensations you feel in your body. It's the same clear field of awareness that notices the thoughts in your head. The field of awareness that you are is like a clear mirror, like a mirror which doesn't decide what to reflect. This clear field of awareness doesn't decide to notice what appears. It is simply aware of all that appears before it, within it. It simply knows all experience. This is allowing in the purest sense. This real I, your true nature, allows all. And that includes all that you conceive of when you try to answer the original question, what do I mean when I say I? This means that you, awareness, your true self, allows your body to be exactly as it is. This means that you, awareness, your true self, allows your personality to be exactly as it is. This means that you, awareness, your true self, allows your mind and your thoughts to be exactly as they are. This means that you, awareness, your true self, allows your faults and shortcomings, as well as your talents and strengths, to be exactly as they are. And this, in turn, means that you, awareness, your true self, the universal all-inclusive self, can set your individual self free. Your true self doesn't need to fix your personality. It simply allows it to be as it is and loves it unconditionally. Your true self doesn't need to fix your body. It simply allows it to be as it is and loves it unconditionally. Your true self doesn't need to fix your mind. It simply allows it to be as it is and loves it unconditionally. Because all that can be experienced is included within it. I call this true self the big I. And all that you define yourself as through thought, I call the little me. Allow the big I to set the little me free.
free to be exactly as it is, to like what it likes, to enjoy what it enjoys, to engage in what it's good at, and to get help with what it's not good at, to be its authentic self, knowing that deep within your true nature, your big I, loves it unconditionally. Set your me free. Be the big I. Now, take another easy, deep breath and at your own pace, open your eyes. Thank you for that, Brian. You know, it's interesting. Uh, before our podcast, we we both wrote up a guided meditation. We decided that you would do the one in the podcast, and I'm going to record one for our Patreon supporters. And what's interesting to me is that you focused on the big eye of being yourself. And in the meditation that I'll send to our Patreon supporters, I'm going to focus on the little I, the personality, and being that, and how to be that in the world in a way that is deep and beautiful and leads to more freedom. And really, both of them apply to being yourself, like what we talked about today. And, and if one gets it's the old two-wing analogy, if one gets too big and the other one too small, it doesn't you know, you tend to go around like a plane with one wing that's strong and one weak, you tend to go around in circles and then crash. So a good question to ask is, which of those two wings have I uh, might be weaker at this point in my life? And how might I strengthen either the human ego personality part, letting it be free, or the big awareness part, letting myself relax into beingness? And I think that letting myself relax into beingness will in turn set the ego part of me free to be its authentic self. Yeah, yeah. When it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, under ideal circumstances, this yes, is what yes. to expect. Yes. <laughs> but um, that's, I can only speak from experience. That's my yeah. experience. I hope yours is similar. Uh-huh. Well, I'm always, uh, uh, that has been my experience, but I'm always on the lookout for spiritual bypassing. <laughs> Good thing to be on the lookout for, because yeah. it's so easy to fall into it. It's so easy to, to be, I am going to be peaceful. I am going to quiet my mind. I am going to, and then you start censoring yourself. Right. You stop saying things that would normally come naturally. Now, if you're censoring yourself because you don't want to say something that's going to hurt someone else, then you have my blessing. Please continue to do that. I'd much rather interact with people <laughs> like that. But know if you are pretending to be more spiritual, quote unquote, than your authentic self really is. Yeah. And just, just let, just set that just set yourself free. Yeah, Ramdas had a term for it. He called it being phony holy. Being phony holy. Yeah. Yeah, don't be phony holy. Just be 
just be yourself. But yes. don't forget that that self that you think you are isn't your real self. Your right, real right. self is huge, vast, eternal, no borders, all encompassing, all loving, unconditionally. Yeah. Well, our friends, uh, please tell your friends and family about our podcast if you enjoy it, because that's how we don't advertise. That's how we get new people listening to it. And feel free to go to our Patreon page if you want to get extra stuff. And feel free to interact with us in our, our awarenessexplorers.com website. You know, you can email us. Give us show ideas. We appreciate that. Things that you would like to hear us explore or guests that you would like us to have. And we will do our best to respond to you and perhaps explore those topics and find those guests. Any last words you'd like to share, Brian? No, I think we said it all. In that case, friends, keep exploring. Keep being yourself. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.